Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Tourpreneur podcast. I am Mitch Bach, and as always, the Tourpreneur community is here to talk what we love to talk about more than anything, the experiences industry, tours, activities, attractions, you name it. And today, we are not talking to a creator of these experiences. We're talking to a marketer, a man who has been in this industry for a long, long time, Joe Martin of Uplevel Tourism. I'm excited to bring him into uh, the Tourpreneur podcast and community today to talk about something that I don't think a lot of operators understand fully, which is how to reach and connect with corporate clientele. So that's our topic today. And Joe Martin, welcome to Tourpreneur. Oh, Mitch, so lovely to be here. Longtime listener, first time, first time caller. Thank you for having me. Joe, if you had to go anywhere in the world for <laughs> your next experience, where would it be? Give me a, get, take me somewhere. Uh, Helsinki. I've been, I've been real focused on uh, Finland and Denmark. I want to know what the happiest countries on the world, in the world, feel like. I want to go. I want to go check those out. Oh, I just thought it was because you were from Chicago and you wanted to go somewhere even colder to make Chicago feel warmer by comparison. Joe, talk to me a little bit about your background as a marketer in the experiences industry. I mean, twenty years in marketing and websites as a whole. Uh, started as a web developer, so self-taught myself HTML, CSS, JavaScript, PHP, then went to school, got a degree in design, started an agency, uh, worked on projects for McDonald's, Anheuser-Busch. We did some cool stuff for Microsoft Azure, ended up selling that agency and taking a gamble that instead of building a bunch of different websites for different people, what if we just built one incredible website for one specific industry and then used all the conversion rate optimization data to help more people like that. And so we we picked uh, from the people we were working with, we picked our favorite clients and the people that we wanted to have more of, and it was tours. And specifically at the time, it was a lot of food tours that we fell in love with. And so we, we built that system. It was acquired six months after we launched it by one of the largest food and wine reservation systems in North America. And then I, I left that reservation system, came back out, created up level, and now we're doing cool things on this side, Mitch. Well, I know this isn't our topic today, but you mentioned the W word, which means we have to talk websites a little bit. In relation to tour operators, it's often a pain point. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's a wild world out there. I see a lot of different operator websites look in a lot of different ways. I'm wondering what you learned from your time optimizing websites for tour operators. If you have any sort of little tips that you kept oh. seeing as you look, look around our universe that could help someone. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, we, at the at the height of working with the reservation system, we had about 180 tours around the world using the website system that we had set up. And the big idea there was if we have that many people using the same type of website, I can gather data from the sites that have more visitors and I can run tests and then use the results of those tests to benefit the entire community as a whole. And it's where this a lot of this community mindset of, hey, we're all in this together. You're not really competitors. You're only competitors based on who you're targeting. And everyone has different customers they should be trying to win. What did that data tell you? What did that data teach you about how to convert couple, customers? Yeah, uh, a couple a couple small ones that, that we can give everyone to take away. Uh, one of them is we found a 40% uplift for one customer when we just rearranged the tours on his homepage to put the most expensive tour first. From a psychological standpoint, that makes a little more sense. That it looks like the prices go down. No one knows what your experience should cost. They have no clue. It's all it's all in the words. It's in how we say it and kind of communicate it through the site. Uh, the other big one that we found that I absolutely loved uh, was we tested the button on the site to see should that button say buy tickets or book now, which this is this is the biggest action. This is. The one thing we want everyone to do on a site is so we really wanted to test that button to find out what it should say. And we found out that 25% more people entered the booking process if the button said see dates, which is even lower obligation than book now and truly the next step they're actually taking in a lot of cases when they click on that. And so little things, two words, two words changing on your site can get 25% more people into the booking process, which is just crazy how powerful messaging is. That's that's scary and also exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's scary that you're working on all of your plugins, your design, your logo, you're paying all this money for photography and you realize that actually some of these biggest bumps happen with the smallest things. But Whoop. I love that really the message is test, 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 test. Don't just follow the orthodoxy. Don't just copy your competitor. Uh, test this stuff out. Try some different angles and see what sticks or see what converts best. Thousand percent. And I think in the future, uh, any companies that are working with independent agencies should look to switch to working with companies that focus more in their niche. Uh, before, I think it was okay if you were kind of just one of their client type. But now, all the information we have from analytics and CRO data and heat map data and A-B tests, you want to find someone that's a specialist in that industry because the application of that data is important now more than ever. That's interesting. You're right that in some ways, the benefits of an agency is that they learn by having many different clients and they their superpower becomes their, their zoomed out data-driven perspective on kind of shape of the industry. But I don't want to pay you. I don't want to pay you to learn my industry. I yeah. want you to know my industry and come in. Yeah. That, I again, I'm not a marketing agency, but it strikes me as one of the mistakes that I see in the tourpreneur community is I look at a lot of websites. I mean, my superpower is all I do all day long is talk to tour operators and look into their businesses and see what's going on. And a lot of them are websites that were made by somebody that's really good, a great designer, local. Uh, they know them. They were highly recommended. But the website that they made was not a conversion. It's not a conversion factory. It's a nice no. website, yeah. but it's not doing what a tour right. business needs yeah. to a tour it, business website needs to do, which is sell tours. And we and we give marketing companies, marketing agencies, way more power 
than we realize we're giving them. That again, two words, two words was a 25% more people going into the booking process. And this is where we've, we've narrowed it down more and more that we have to start with the messaging. It has to start with what you're trying to say, and then you can do the rest of the stuff around that. Yeah, I agree. I think in some ways, you know, the, the point you made about price anchoring, it's listen, not to discredit you, but it's very well known. Uh, these types of pricing strategies are gospel in retail commerce in hundreds of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new. And, 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 and you, you see it all the time. You go into a, you go into a, a, a store that sells purses and you can see what they're doing. If you look at it through that pricing lens, it happens everywhere. Uh, and taking some of those commerce and then also e-commerce principles and, and, and applying them to our businesses seems pretty common sense, but it's funny. I don't know why we're this sort of strange little stepsister in the world of commerce, but often I see tour operators and just people in the experiences business not quite learning those lessons that it seems every every other industry is sort of <laughs> by this point. It's 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 some of that uh, that we're different mentality Me? that a lot of a lot of people have. We have that about our businesses. You know, ours ours is different. Well, we would market it like you do it, but ours is different. We would do it that way, but this is different. And so many times, it's, it's not. And the the big thing we find is uh, pushing some of these tour companies to look at the problem they're solving for someone. Because so many times, that formula we want to follow is here's the problem you have, here's how we or here's the solution we have, and then here's how we solve it. And let's talk about how we're going to help you do that thing you need to do. I absolutely, absolutely love that. And you're right. It's it's a little bit of putting a framework that isn't natural on an experience. I think on one level, we're, we don't think of ourselves as problem solvers. We think of ourselves as just adding something special to somebody's life, right? But we are solving a problem. It's just, 100%, we, don't, yeah. we, we, don't, we don't frame it in that way in our minds. Do you, you know what I mean? Like where it's, it's not a natural intuitive idea that we're solving problems in the same way that someone uh, who creates an automobile solves a problem, you know? Yep, yep. And this is where the, it's starting to change those conversations, it's starting to look at uh, what do you talk about? What is that problem that you're solving for someone? And when we when we start to frame those conversations, the value changes. It's not I'm paying for a three hour tour to these stops. It's I'm paying for an experience to get these people together in a way that's going to let us connect like we wouldn't anywhere else. And the value, the value just goes up. Yep. So let's reframe and change the conversation. Speaking of, to talk about the topic of today, uh, I really wanted to have you on the podcast after talking with you at Arrival. And you had mentioned very, very quickly, you said, you know, this year has been a fantastic year for my agency. And it's because we've basically been focusing on one thing. And that thing is helping operators connect with the corporate market. Am I painting this right in terms of kind of where your focus is right now? And talk to me a little bit more about, about that, what I would call a bold move, not being a generalist, take all tour companies and uh, do everything for them, but instead, this is this is what our angle is going to be. How's that been? Uh, I have a I have a bold statement behind it, so it's been going oh, well. Right. But the the bold statement behind it is, I think tour operators spend too much time focused on tourists, and when we break down what that customer looks like, if we're saying the tour is let's say a hundred dollars a ticket to keep it easy, 
and we're going to try and put in some marketing dollars to get four people to come on that tour. We're going to get $400 from tourists who are never going to really come back to the area and probably don't know many people in the area to refer that to versus put that money on someone who's going to spend $5,000 because they're going to book a corporate group and they're in the area. So they're going to book again next year and spend another 5,000 with you. And they have an established network in this area that they can refer you to, to get someone else in the door. So now we're looking at, uh, as the business owner, applying effort towards a $15,000 client versus a $400 client. And I'm good. I'm good with, with, uh, the, the tour operator, the public tours almost being the overflow. Let's focus the efforts on corporate. Let's build up some really good contracts, get really stable, and then use the people who come on those corporate tours to push public tours out to them. Grab your family, grab your friends, come on out. And we'll still hang out on TripAdvisor because that's never going away. We'll still get some stuff from there. Mitch, how do you, this is the first time I've dropped this on you. We didn't, we didn't really get the chance to dig into this much in person, but how do you, how do you receive this, sir? Listen, I'm going to say this much. A higher ticket price per customer, a potentially longer customer lifetime value. Uh, corporations are, by the way, entities that you can sell to over and over and over again. Uh, it isn't a one in, one out. Um, it, it's great. I think really everybody wants corporate clients. I think the question is usually, how do I even begin to connect with that audience? How do I reach out to them? How do I how do I then create a product strategy that speaks to that market? What do they want? What do they need? And how do I reach them? So if you could just answer those questions. Just all um, the big ones. All yeah, the big just, ones. That'd be great. That's all I need. Just those. Yeah. Well, we'll pull it back uh, to start with the messaging. Again, it's it's all going to be in what we say and how we say it. And so for the corporate groups, it's not as much of saying, hey, we have this tour available as much as it is saying, we have this opportunity to bring your group together in a unique way. And so it's it's changing. So the first step for any tour is uh, writing a corporate group tour page. And this this comes from the, the shift in websites over the years. So websites used to be a digital store. It's how they evolved. It went from, here's our physical store, here's our online store. And so for a long time, well, between 2000, early 2010s, we built stores. Come on in check out our store, shop around, take all the time you need inside of our website. But what we're seeing now is that the highest converting websites act more like a digital salesperson than they do a digital store. So that page, it's armed with a message. It's a, it's a salesperson who knows what he needs to say. He knows what problems you're having and can come back in and say, hey, here's your problems. Here's how we solve those problems for you. Do you want to talk to us? And then get them in that way. So there's some strategy behind that page where we also don't want to give away too much. Uh, a lot of times from this digital store mentality, we, we have this feeling that we need to put everything out there. Here's everything you're going to get. But in this case, we're not selling to an end ticket. The end person, we're not expecting the person to click buy on the site. When we go corporate, the next step is really for them to get on the phone with us. Get on the phone with an associate. Let's figure out what problems you have. And then let's say, here's the solution we have to that problem. So that's kind of that's kind of one of the questions. But where where are we at? There are more. That's in there. good. So a couple of points about that is the call to action really picking up the phone, or is it an inquiry form? What have you found is the right the the right next step that you want them to do? Yeah, we're helping clients uh, build an intermediary step there. 
So we're having kind of a form, but then it's a balance because we don't want too much information in that form. Mm -hmm. We're pushing them away. Yep. So we kind of got to get a little bit and then direct them to a video page that has a video from the owner and says, hey, thanks for requesting this. We're going to take it in. We're going to look at some stuff, get an email that goes out as well that maybe says, hey, we have these extra couple questions. Can you answer these? So it's this whole way to then even automate uh, a lot of that process of kind of when they reach out, getting the information we need. But then we still need to get them on the phone at some point. At some point, they have to talk to someone. But let's yeah. make sure we have all the information we need so when that person gets on the phone, they're not wasting their time. A whole bunch of steps, Mitch. There's a lot of steps in this. I like the steps. <laughs> and, you know, in the corporate world, those steps are a pretty normal part of things, right? Of business development, right? You're 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 not selling in the same way. Really, this is business development. This is how relationships get made with corporate teams. And it does it it happens a little step by step. You like the email correspondence. You get you hop on a Zoom. Uh the the and and in each of those is is asking for a little bit more buy-in from the person and it's developing a relationship. And I mean it's corporate America, that's what passes for a relationship building. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not pretty. It's not pretty, but it 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 is really important. And I love that point. The initial form cannot be these inquiry forms that I have seen that are nine, ten, fourteen fields, and all of this stuff. It it's crazy, you know. What as, that 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 first act is something ask that is something so uh, so intense. And it's and it's all a part again of the conversation of what that digital salesperson on screen is saying that every question that's there, if we put that into a real world example, it's someone standing there asking you to the questions. Mitch, what's your name? Great. What's your email address? How how much patience does someone have to stand there and keep answering questions from someone that they don't know very well? So let's take your pain point. Let's take your pain point point that you made earlier. Uh, what is the pain point of these of of these of these corporate entities. And let me say this, could we could we boil this down to the idea of corporate teams? Is this really what you're talking about? Essentially team building mm -hmm. exercises, get the team out, get a division out, go and do something, bond, explore, do an onsite. Is that the kind of world that you're talking about? You got it. And what it and what it feels like is it's a new world. Uh a lot right. of this is open territory for tours to come in and grab that it's it's the shift from being a tour operator to being an experience coordinator. And one of the experiences you coordinate are your public tours. But then you also, like if, if someone were to go to some, a lot of these tour operators, like for you listening, if someone were to come to you and say, I've got a group of 30 people coming into town and we have $50,000 to spend, can you help us find something good to do with it? You'd say, yeah, you'd say, absolutely. Let me figure out how I can help you. And it's just that the tour side is limiting. So how do we just open that up? Then, and this is what the pandemic showed us, that the pandemic all of a sudden showed how many tours were experts in their local community, in their food, their local entertainment, what was able to be done, that we saw companies doing online happy hours. We saw Devour Tours suddenly created a recipe book and started selling that that they never had before. And it was all these new pieces of value that all of a sudden these tours started uncovering. And corporate just feels like the one of those best opportunities. Yeah. So what's the pain point that you're solving for this team? Well, A, pain point one, the manager of this team has a budget that they have to spend. <laughs> oh, damn. Damn. They, <laughs> they have to spend this money. You know, we, we laugh, but that's a pain point. They've got to figure out what the heck they're doing.
And those budgets usually dwindle or disappear if they're not used. And so it's in their service to find a one-stop shop to sell them. B, they need a team that knows each other, that loves each other, that bonds together. And especially in this like ridiculous world of remote work, you know, that team bonding, especially when it's in person, but let's not discount virtual, uh, is so important. It's such a value add for that customer. But you're right that it's it's just no longer simply a tour. And um, I mean, I remember, God, really early in the pandemic, Museum Hack, the tour company, pivoted before everybody else did. They registered teambuilding.com and they completely refashioned their entire business. They That was an early adoption that has been phenomenal for them, but they saw it very quickly that companies are going to struggle to figure out what to do together to stay a company. And they pivoted to virtual team building and um, got one heck of a set of domain names and they've been killing it ever since. And I think in that vein, we're going to continue to see budget shift from rent to team building. Yeah. And we're, we're going towards more distributed remote workforces. There's this new field that uh, we talked to Catalina Tours recently. And they mentioned how they had a corporate group that came out and the people met each other for the first time on the dock. This this is what tours are starting to provide now is this opportunity to bring those people together in ways that they never needed to come together before. So you brought up the word experience coordinator. How have you noticed the operators that you've been working with have shifted or expanded what their offerings are to meet this corporate market? More in the messaging, more in the messaging than them needing to change things behind the scenes. It's really just how we're talking about it because the behind the scenes process, it's already what they've been doing for private groups this whole time. So there's not a lot of shift that needs to happen in the business as much as I just need that out. I just need that little 2% shift that instead of talking about, hey, we do private groups, it's, hey, we do corporate groups. And then even bringing up that word team building, I have a theory. I haven't tested this yet, just a theory, but my theory is that we can put the word team building on stuff and charge double for no reason, like putting the word wedding in front of something. Yep. And all of a sudden it just, it means more with one little set of words. in front of it. Well, it's a set of words that speaks to a core human need for connection and for bonding and for things, right? Corporate a problem group, speaks to the yeah, problem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what Donald Miller's brand story brand is building a story brand is all about which i'm a big fan of it's just about understanding that we're human beings and we have some basic human needs and why don't we craft messaging that speaks to those core human needs and make sure that everything that we do speaks to those rather than this kind of generic platitudinous language of we do corporate groups that's fine but then when they get to that corporate page you've got to connect with what what their problems really are we need we need some empathy we're we're lacking empathy. And one of the big things we work on with tours is helping them identify one one target corporate guest to win. You know, we try and win everyone. Let's just figure out how we win one. And a lot of that is to get this empathy behind it of what really are the emotional motivators of Jenny, who's the director of HR, versus Mark, who's the director of the sales department. And there's going to be little ways that we probably want to talk to them differently. And we don't need to get so greedy with trying to win everyone. Let's let's pick the customer we work best with and just stay in that lane and go get them. So talk to me about talking to them. What are your tips or strategies or thoughts that you could share with our community about, I've got my corporate, I've got my corporate page. I've got my 
offerings already. I've got my form. I've got my sort of uh, drip campaign. I've got everything set up. What am I doing next? Am I am I on LinkedIn uh, sending out cold messages? Am I running ad campaigns? What what what's next? I need I need one more automation in there. So we kind of got the upfront automations of kind of like completing the sale. I need one more set of automations after they take the tour. That's then also following up, seeing if they want to book again for next year, asking for the referral. Right there, we, we've got someone. And a lot of times we just want to go in and say, are there any other companies you know who may love this experience? And with something like this, if the experience is in tours, there's no competition. They've taken, they took your experience. They're going to be so happy to tell someone else, go check out this awesome thing. And so I want to start there. I'd want to start with nurturing and having some stuff after they've completed that corporate group. I also want um, to follow up with everyone who is on that corporate group as well. So we have uh, digital guidebooks that our clients use and that allows them to capture the email address of everyone who's on that tour and then even give us a little bit of segmenting as to whether they're a visitor or a local. So that helps us target the email campaigns on the back end a little more effectively of, hey, this person is more likely to come out again and bring their family. Let's make sure we get some messaging out around the holidays about, hey, you got family in town. You want to send them out for a few hours. Here's a great solution. So again, problem solution. But email list, another huge spot that so many companies don't look at that we come in and try and help them clean up that email marketing, get a good plan in place to start sending stuff out. So follow-up emails where I'd start with going after people. Uh, even your current list that you probably haven't hit up. And then let's start going on LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean, don't get me started on email, but it's much. <laughs> I'll get you of, started. I'll get you. Let's get, get you started. started. But just to sec- just just a hot second to pause to talk about how powerful it is to have your tagging and your automation set up correctly on that list. Because what you just ex- what what you just said was, I suddenly have the ability if all I'm doing is making sure that like the forums or the post tour uh, uh, process is set up properly to then know that I can create a customized audience on my email list of locals who have families. And guess what I do then? I send an email about doing something local with your family instead of just my generic 20% off thing that I send out whenever I remember to write a general email out to my entire list. And who cares if you have 4,000 people and you send a generic email to 4,000 people, none of whom set, none of whom think that's a particularly good offer. Much more powerful is to have 100 people who are local and have families and you, and you make the killer message speak directly to them. It's so powerful. Even, even if there's only 10 people on that mailing list. One. But it's one ten, person. Yeah. They're a billionaire. One, <laughs> one, one corporation that has multiple divisions that's going to keep hearing from you again with something personalized, something of value that they actually want to receive in their inbox, which is, again, where that empathy portion comes into it. Who is that person? Is it Jen, the director of HR? What time do I plan to send her an email? Where is she going to be when she gets it? Why is she going to give a shit what we have to say? Because if we can figure that out, we figure out so much of Great. Now we have to put the explicit label oh. on our podcast. Yep. Ugh. yep. We just Sorry. lost. We just lost listeners, families. We just lost families. There are oh. children listening to this, Joe. Oh. <laughs> Let's, Sorry. So that's 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 really interesting. I do want to dive into now, kind of the cold outreach, the LinkedIn world. Is that is that stop number two in your parade? Is that where everyone's hanging out? Is that where you recommend 
you or, or no? So we've we've got a bunch of them. So it, it all depends on what the company has available, what they're doing. If the company has someone dedicated to group sales, then yeah, let's get them on LinkedIn. Let's get them to go start reaching out to people, reaching out to the network of the owner, following back up with anyone in the area who might want something. But then there's also concierge and event planners possible as well with more corporate events coming in that way. Uh, looking up Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 companies in your city and trying to pick out someone who's there that we know these companies that have a lot of divisions in them. Uh, sharing blogs specifically about things to do on LinkedIn. So a lot, of, we've been directing clients uh, to write blogs that we don't necessarily expect to rank number one, but something that we want to share in that area. So I think a lot of people get, they get uh, kind of shied away from creating a blog called top 10 corporate experiences in Chicago. There's like, ah, that, I'm never going to rank for it. And what we're saying is, no, 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 go create it. And then let's post and promote that through your LinkedIn. As long as we can get it in front of people on LinkedIn, we can start to get the eyes on it. So we're giving them the ideas of what else needs to happen. You're and right. I think, I, yeah. I think we forget about those two, those dueling roles of what your blog is doing. One, yes, it's ranking for SEO and God bless you if you're playing that game, good luck, do it well. It can be great, uh, but it is a lot of work and it sort of is mind numbing because it's a lot of, you know, writing for the keywords. But just as importantly, it's also, it's also for, it's, 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 it's the, yeah, it's the it's 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 like the dating website. It's your profile. People are checking you out. You're sharing that, and then they're clicking around. They're looking at what you're about as a company on that page. It's a great thing to share. You're right as a as a link on LinkedIn. It's 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 going to reach far fewer people, but those are the people that you probably want looking at it. So that's great. I I I. I I think LinkedIn, you know, we just did a podcast on LinkedIn as a sales tool and it's, it's an art. It's like anything else. It's like learning any kind of social media language. It's learning what works and what doesn't. And I, I definitely invite people to just start hanging out and observing more than going on there and selling your tours. That does not work. That is not what that is there for. It's <laughs> sharing your right. Something that feels like it's just value-based. Value-based. Yeah. Just, and this is, this is our big thing too, is once I can get companies to uh, stop thinking about it in terms of marketing to people and instead thinking about it as how do I help a person, is all of a sudden the mindset's like, well, yeah, no, I could do this for Jen. Oh, Jen, Jen would really, if I sent Jen an email with this, oh, she'd love it. It'd help her with so much stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I need. Just look at ways to help and that's going to be your marketing that's that's what you need you know we talk a lot about personas and marketing you need your you need your gen get your gen there uh stick her behind a desk and solve things for gen what does walk, jen in walk this around company... that seed in your mind yeah 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 Sit there. absolutely who, who really is she what was she doing did she just get coffee and she just got stuck talking to some guy at the office that she hates for the last 20 minutes and now she feels behind on her project and she's gonna sit down because she's quickly gonna skip over that email and delete it so in that case, maybe we need to send this email at eight o'clock at night. Maybe we send a little later when it's not the middle of the day, when she's winding down from stuff and she's going to be laying around that night. And now she's going to get it. Say, oh, that's interesting. And then save it for tomorrow instead of a quick delete. So just let's, let's learn how to win one person all the way through, all the way through. This is how they found out about me. This is how they told 10 friends about us. 
and then then we can worry about building on and winning more people. But so many of the companies we've worked with, they don't have it all figured out for one person yet. So there's these holes and that's just what's causing so much stress in the business. Interesting. I, I did want to ask just as an aside, if you've been seeing success and or thinking about both virtual and in-person offerings for companies in this team building world, or have you been largely, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm a, I'm an in-person guy. One of my, one of my personal fights is to bring more people together in the real world. And so, uh, I'm, I'm burnt out on virtual. I like to think other people are probably burnt out on virtual. So I like the idea of being, being the real world solution more than, more than diverting the offering or two right now. I like that. I like the idea that that's almost part of your pitch or the story that you're actually selling to people. Um, I wanted to shift towards that kind of other side of corporate work, the what what sometimes gets referred to as the mice industry, meetings, incentives, conferences, events, or exhibits, or whatever you think the E stands for. Is that also a world that I've heard many things for the E. Um, is that also part of what you're looking at when you're targeting the, car- the, the corporate market? Uh, not as much. Looking to work within the tour company's capabilities of just what, what do they actually have available. So if they're not already doing stuff like that, I don't want to push them to start doing new offerings. Let's just figure out, again, like changing the messaging above what you're already doing for private groups. So let's let's get that corporate tour page created first. Then let's figure out some of the automations behind the scene to make sure it's easy for you. And so it's kind of kind of those two steps. Once again, once we get it figured out for one person, then we can go back and say, all right, now do we want to add another product? Now do we want to add on another way for people to buy more from more, for more from us? I like that. So for you, this is really just a pivot in language and messaging and sales and marketing from your private tour offerings to speak more coherently to a corporate customer. I like the way you said that, Mitch. I like the way you said that. Yes. Yes. Luckily, we, rec- we, luckily we recorded it because I could never repeat <laughs> that again. When I'm sort of looking at my local, I guess, uh, uh, landscape, let's call it corporate landscape, how do I know who to target? Like companies... Are, are all companies basically the same as a is a airline and a I don't know I can't even name companies I don't even know <laughs> airlines textile mills uh, <laughs> are, are, are there are there certain corporations that that you know maybe are more apt to this software companies tech companies that sort of have this general sense that their corporate culture is a big selling point in a, you know, in a, in a hot employment market. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's any strategy around that. I think more companies are trending towards some of that notice that taking care of your people really is the best strategy. And we're going to, we're going to continue to see that play out, I think, but really it's, it's still about the tour company's capabilities. So I'll start again, that their probably best bet is past guests, email list. That's who we immediately have access to. Let's see how many we can get from there. Let's start going on LinkedIn, targeting a few people there. And then once we get that that target customer as well, that one target guest, that Jen, who's, what do we, what do we get, like 40, 46 years old. Maybe she's on her second marriage. She had leftover Chinese food for dinner last night because she got home late. Like then it's looking at what is, where are more of her? 
So not necessarily the company. And this is what we see a lot of times we talk about B2B marketing and no one's standing outside of a company, John Cusack style, holding up their boombox, shouting their message. Like it's a person. There's someone inside that company that needs to be our first domino that falls. Is it Stephanie, the administrative assistant who's responsible for doing stuff? Is it the director of sales, the director of HR? So I'd rather have the tour start to look at, well, who do I know? What, what position do I know to build that one target customer around? And then go find that person at more companies. And that can be searching for a title on LinkedIn, not as much of the company, stay on that person. It just dawned on me, you might know people who work at companies in your friend group. <laughs> that as well, yeah. Once you put this out there, and it's such a unique thing, like what, what everyone listening to this has to offer is so incredibly unique in this world that they, these companies want it. They want cool things to do with their people. Yeah. You know, this is my intuition uh, in in thinking about this landscape as well, that you've got to dial back on the idea that your tour is this kind of passive, informative thing and create something that feels more interactive, that connects not only you with that audience, but allows that audience a chance to connect with each other, to bond. I'll give you an example. Um, ben Gollum, the uh, New York tour operator who runs A Man and His Sandwich, a sandwich food tour operator and he got into team building and he realized that yeah eating sandwiches is really fun and they love it and it's a great team building activity it's great with corporate groups but he refashioned his experience to uh, answer a question and at the beginning of the experience he poses the question is the hot dog a sandwich and he makes the whole experience basically a debate Oh, uh, uh, and, and everybody gets their emotions roiling and he has activities around how to make that happen, you know, like, like why, you know, why it is, why it isn't. And everybody gets really involved in the meantime, they're eating like four different things. They're debating the sandwichness of these things. And at the end, like they're all, they've, they've created a memory together, right? They're not just passive tourists listening to a guide, talk, 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 talk about wherever you are. But what, what I love about that, there's, um. Sometimes on Saturday mornings for fun, since I don't get cartoons anymore, I watch talks from professors at universities. Uh, oh watched God. one from a university of I'm, Chicago. I'm going to go out on a limb. Are you, are you, are you single? I am. Yes. Thank I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your Friday night pouring wine, listening to a University of Chicago lecture. Yep. Okay. yep. Uh, one of the big things, so it was a fascinating lecture about creative writing. I absolutely loved it. And one of the things he talked about was uh, how a lot of times people create and we write with this idea of here's what's in my head and I need to get this out of my head. And so they, they try and pull it out and say, here it is. They, they write a book saying, here's all the thoughts in my head. They create a tour saying, here's all the thoughts in my head. But so many times what we want to do is it's not necessarily about what's in our head and getting it out, but it's more about changing what's happening between two other people's heads. How do I get the people on the tour? How do I get their minds to connect between each other more than just here's what's inside of mine? And that has that has stuck with me so much of just that little mindset shift of, yeah, yeah, no, I need to, I need to change Mitch's mind. It's not just giving you a tour of what's up here. Yeah, I've always... You know, I, I, I teach tour guiding a lot and I've always painted it as, I call it the connection triangle. You've got the guide, you've got the group, and you've got the place. 
and there should be arrows going between everything, right? It shouldn't be just everybody pointing an arrow towards the guide, the guide, uh, you know, there's interactivity between the guide and the person and, and the group. There's interactivity between the group and each other. And then there's an interactivity between the group and the place that we're at. And if any of those arrows aren't connecting, then you don't actually have a full, rich, memorable, Ooh. meaningful experience. I would, I would put that chart right in the middle of what we were talking about before of just that one person through the whole experience and then yep. look between those. How does that one person connect with the guide, with other people, with a place? Like get it back to make it something so special for one person that other yeah. people are going to love it too. Treat Jen like she deserves. Right. That's what we, uh, someone was just talking to me recently about taking a flight and how there was like a elite premier member on the flight. And that for that one person who was this super special guy, they announced his name over the PA and thanked him for being a part of it. And I was like, this, this is the reward for spending so much money. I get recognized as a human. This is holy, holy crap. Yeah, great. Thanks. Thank you for, yeah, just recognizing me. That's all I needed. <laughs> I have an even worse example. My husband just reached diamond medallion status or whatever on delta and we just took a flight a few days ago and we sat down and a woman comes up looks at her phone and goes mr richards uh uh thank you for achieving diamond medallion status um and he goes uh okay uh thank you and then the flight attendant goes i have to i have to say it uh <laughs> oh good oh good she shot it down then great great i feel even more I feel even more special. Joe, as we wrap up, is there anything we're missing out of this conversation as we help operators begin to dive in, uh, finding their gen and selling to them? Find that gen. Write a great persuasive corporate groups page and then start reaching out to people and sending that corporate groups page. I think those, before we get into automations, before we get into making things easier to process all these leads yeah. that are coming in, Let's get the leads in. And just just those three things I think would be huge. Yeah, let's keep it simple for this moment. We've brought up persuasive copywriting a lot. And I'm wondering if there's any resources or books or videos or anything that pops into your head that's inspired you over the years. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but just wondering if, if, any, if anything was influential for you. Uh, one of my favorite books was a book called Pitch Anything by a man named Oren Clough. Uh, doesn't directly relate to all of this, but when he talks about some of the mechanics of pitching and, hey, we need to help someone first understand what this great idea of yours is first, and then we can get it down, is so many of the ways that he crafts the narrative of how to pitch is exactly what tour operators need to be looking at doing as well. Of here's, here's how we keep this simple with our messaging to start, and then we get into more complex. So I'm going I'm to push that one. I love it. Joe Martin, how do people get a hold of you? How do they connect with you? Oh, Joe at uplevelTourism.com. They can also go check out any number of the blogs we have about booking corporate groups on our site at uplevelTourism.com. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, entrepreneur. Thanks for still doing this, Mitch. The community needs this. The the listeners, the the people who are out there on the ground in these cities doing this who sometimes feel alone. I think that what you guys are doing is really special to bring everyone together and make sure that everyone feels like they have a home. So thank you. Thank you. You win. That's the, that's the quote we'll use for the podcast. <laughs> thank you, Mitch.